You want your five star matches? You want your thirty minute classics? Not me. Big meaty man slapping me. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Slapping Me Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Randall Beatley, also known as We2T413. That's my username on Twitter and on TikTok. Go and find me there. Uh, you know, you can DM me. DMs are open. We can have conversations. You can just send me a tweet as well. We can have conversations on, on, on wrestling here, on, on, on your thoughts on the podcast. You can also join the conversation by joining the Discord that I mentioned a lot in a lot of these episodes by going to the Casual Community YouTube page run by Notorious Nerdy D, clicking on some of his videos. He has the Discord link in the description of most of, if not all, of his videos here recently. Um, also, give him a subs- uh, subscription, some likes. Uh, watch his content. It is very good as well. He, he just did a, a video where he discussed fighting a kangaroo. And... Uh, and, and Look, I don't know about you, but if I'm ever in a situation where I have to fight a kangaroo, we don't fucked up somewhere. You don't fight them motherfuckers. I just, you know, I, I responded to, like, we have a conversation about it in the Discord, and my response was essentially like, you know how I, I, I try to outsmart a kangaroo? I don't get in a fight with a kangaroo, right? Uh, but what I did find out is that you can go to the Pittsburgh Zoo, and feed a kangaroo. And now I will do that as long as that motherfucker don't come up to me and try to fight me. Because <laughs> I'll be out one, two, three in like three seconds. <laughs> anyway, let's get to our show today. We got a lot to talk about um, as we sort of recap what we saw last weekend. And, uh, you know, I I, I did uh, the Wednesday show with my brother and a friend. And we, we sort of talked about the weekend and the three different shows, and, and, and they stayed for Night of Champions and, and Double or Nothing. They talked about it. Then I talked about NXT myself. Um, and then on Saturday, I did my review show of Night of Champions. And, and so I'm not going to do a lot of Night of Champion discussion. The only match, like I've said there, that I really disagree with the result is Bianca losing because of my... My opinion on where they should take the women's division, I felt that a unification match being teased between Rhea and um, uh, Bianca would be a much better match than getting someone like Rhea versus Asuka. Because I don't see Asuka winning that match. Rhea's too over right now. Unless the plan is to put Rhea in like the men's division, similar to what Impact did with Tessa Blanchard. And I'm not a big fan of that. I really hope they don't go that route. Um, Rhea being like unified champion it would be cool, especially if it comes at the cost of like getting a new women's champion design on the other brand. Um, but the number one thing that I want to talk about, uh, 
Before we go into, I'm not going to do a match by match review of, of Battleground. I don't think the, that it, I thought I, th- I thought it was a good show, but I don't think it is something that deserves like a, its its own breakdown. I think. I mean, it was a good show, and we'll, we'll go over it in a minute. We'll, we'll do a brief overview of Battleground, but the first thing I will say is, I don't know about you, but there was just too much wrestling this last weekend. Even as someone, like, I didn't participate in Double or Nothing, but I still tried to keep up with it on Twitter. I didn't watch it. I haven't even gone back and considered watching it. It's just one of those things where, I don't know, three pr- premium live events or pay-per-view events in one weekend, when when you're a fan like me, I'm a big sports car fan, right? So Sunday was a busy day. Sunday was a busy day for me. I'm not a big Formula One fan, so I didn't watch Monaco. But if you were, if you, it, it, Memorial Day weekend has three races that day. You have, have Formula One in Monaco. You have the Indy 500 for the Indy car series which is the biggest race of IndyCar, the Indy 500, and then you have the Coke 600 and NASCAR. Luckily, the 600 got rained out on Sunday, so there was time in between the Indy 500 and an NXT. But throughout the day, like, like let's just say the 600 didn't get rained out, right? I would have, I didn't watch Monaco, right? Uh, but, you know, I watched the Indy 500, I then, then I would have had to watch the Coke 600, and then I would have had to watch one of two wrestling shows, if not both. I know people who watch both shows, but there's just a lot going on on Memorial Day weekend, and I thought it was too much wrestling, especially in a, a place where you have a lot of other events going on this on this weekend, I just feel like I understand Double or Nothing does this every every year since AEW was a thing, but WWE sort of trying to compete in this area. I, I thought I don't think it was a smart decision. I think as a fan, I'm sort of worn down on wrestling at this point, um, and so I just thought we had too much. Like, because you got to understand as a casual fan. Right, you add up the hours that you spend a week. Let's just use me as an example. I watch Raw, NXT, SmackDown. That's what I watch on a given week, right? So NXT and SmackDown are two hours each. So that's four hours plus the three hours of Raw. That's seven hours of programming. Now you shove in Night of Champions, which was about four hours. I think it actually the pay-per-view itself was three, so we'll throw in three. So now we're at ten hours. Then you throw in a three-hour battleground. So now you're at 13 hours of wrestling over the week. Um, 13 hours. Now, now if you do the math, I'm a, I'm a, I like to do this math. So there's 168 hours in a week. 168 hours in a week. If you, if you spend... If you're a normal person and you get, let's say, eight hours of sleep, eight times seven is 56. So you spend 56 hours a week sleeping, which leaves 112 hours there. Let's assume, you know, you spend 40 hours a week working. That's, we're going to assume everyone here works and 
I know not all wrestling fans um, have have full-time jobs, but let's just say you spend 40 hours a week, if not more, working. And then if you take in, you know, traveling and eating and, and that, let's say that's two hours a day spent traveling and, and you know, eating. So say two hours, that's 14 more hours throughout the week, which leaves you. So after eating, traveling to and from work, working and sleeping through your whole week, you have about 60 hours. Let's just round out around 60 hours throughout the week and you're spending last weekend if you just watched wwe last week throughout the week you spent 13 hours which left you 47 hours throughout the week or on average about six hours a day doing something else other than working sleeping eating, driving, or watching wrestling. That left you six hours. Now, that's assuming, you know, on a 24-hour, uh, on a on a 24-hour time scale, you know, six hours a day to do something else in your free time, it's not a lot of time when you, when, when you really think about it. And so... You take up a majority of your weekend. If you look at the weekend, it's it's 24 hours times three. It, let's just do the two days. So that's 48 hours, over a 48-hour period of time, right? 16 hours goes to sleeping. You probably weren't working Saturday or Sunday. I, know, I mean, I was, but let's just say you weren't. Um, and... So, right, right. Um, so now you have 32 hours left of, of free time after sleeping. Let's take away eating. Let's say two hours a day you spent eating. So four hours. So that leaves you 28 hours. And you're going to spend six of them. Or... roughly around 21% of your given time this past weekend if you weren't just if you had nothing else to do but eating and sleeping and it was Memorial Day weekend so you're probably cooking you're probably hanging out with friends right so you're spending about 22% of your free time not sleeping not eating 22% of your time watching wrestling now I know a lot of people are fine with that that's a lot of percentage of that free time, though, that is going to wrestling. And, and I just feel that there was too much going on this weekend. And a lot of it didn't matter. Like, I'm going to be honest. Out of these three shows, did anyone actually benefit from, from running a show this weekend? Did anything actually benefit is going to be, you know, something that maybe in the long run we're going to have to consider through this weekend did any company actually benefit running their shows this weekend? And, I, and, and and there were good moments, don't get me wrong, but overall, are these shows going to be remembered as good shows? And if so, could we not have spaced them out a little bit more? I, I don't quite understand the, the reason why WWE needed to run two shows this weekend. I just don't understand it. 
with that, let's go into Battleground. Um, I thought it was a, 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 a... It was definitely not Stand and Deliver. I thought Stand and Deliver was much better as a full show. Um, but there were good parts. Uh, Dijak versus Dragunov is on my list of potential match of the years. They put on a banger, a hard-hitting slobber knocker of a match. Um... And I thought Mello versus Braun Breaker was better than their stand and deliver match, um, and and it was a that was a very very good match as well. Um, I thought here's my thing. I think Joe Gacy needs a title. I need Schism needs to be taken a little bit more serious. There's a lot of potential with Schism to become a very good like mysterious supernatural esque team. Um, following like the Wyatt family type thing. I just, I'm not, they need to win. They, they need to, Joe Gacy needs to win. The dyad needs to win. Ava rain. I don't actually think she needs to wrestle, right? I, I don't know if there's anyone complaining that she hasn't been in the ring. She's a little bit green still. And so to have her in this sort of, you know, teasing thing where like she's going around, you know, kidnapping other people on the women's roster like they did with Thea Hale. I think if you have her do that, that would be a good part for her to do and and to to participate in while she's learning to wrestle and then have her wrestle every now and then in a match. I don't think Ava Ray necessarily needs to be wrestling at this point. Um, I'll say this. I don't think everyone on the roster needs to be a wrestler. I think it's okay just to have some some B-roll characters. I think it's okay to just have characters who are there. They don't wrestle. They're just supporting cast. This this is a TV show, right? There are members on the TV on TV shows that you watch that have minor roles that don't play a part in the in the in the plot. Like I think of uh, of FBI that I watch, and 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 there's some characters there in. In the, the like the field office, like in the big office where where they where they meet and and you have like a command center basically and they're finding out all the information. There's only like three people in that command center outside of the actual officers who talk, and then there's a, ba- a bunch of background characters who are you know we understand what their character is. They're doing the research for the FBI. But they're not talking. They're not essential to the story. You could swap them in and out. Who plays these characters? And I feel like Ava Rain could be one of these people where, like, she doesn't need to wrestle. But if you just have her walking around as part of the schism, kidnapping other people on the roster, or, like, teasing other people on the roster, like, doing real creepy things um, and, like, scary-esque type things on the roster, and she never wrestles, that's fine. Or someone like Trick Williams, who doesn't necessarily need to wrestle. Now, he's good at it. Like, he's not he's not the best, but I think he's getting better. But Trick Williams just being a hype man, I think, works for him. Not everyone needs to get in between the ropes and be a wrestler. I, I don't think that's necessary for every single character. Right, so we could go back a few weeks when we were talking about Omos. Right, Omos is one of these guys where I felt if they just kept him as a bodyguard, or even in this current state that he's in now, if you get you know the 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 hurt business put back together, and you just have him be the bodyguard of the hurt business, I don't think that hurts him 
in any way for him to not have to wrestle or talk. I, just, I, do, I don't think that, right, there are just certain people on the roster who I, I don't think necessarily have to be in between the ropes going for championships. You need your support cast just as much as you need the main characters, right? Um, so with Battleground, I, I just, I, I need Schism to be booked better to me. I like what they're doing, you know, everywhere else. I'm not a big fan of Gallus. I wish Creed's would have won. I, I'm starting to fall more in love with the Creed's, to be honest with you. I really, really like them as a tag team. Um, and I, I kind of wish they would have won. I'm not a big fan for Gallus, um, but it's not like the end of the deal type thing for me. Um, but yeah, Dijak versus Dragunov was definitely match of the night for me. Um, and, and I thought Battleground overall was like a B plus show. Um, and, and I, I don't know where you could have gotten better though. Just because of the type of show it was. And I'm super happy also that Tiff Tiff won the match. Now, I got to talk of this. We are going to talk about this match in particular. Tiffany Stratton. First off, fantastic athlete. Fantastic. I need you to understand, when I say that WWE does developmental the best, they, they, they literally do it the best. This going out and hiring college athletes... Training them to wrestle in the WWE style, tell, training them on how to do a promo, and putting them in the ring works a thousand times better than how Triple H ran it, ran NXT when he was here and he was signing every indie darling under the fucking sun, and they couldn't draw jack shit. They couldn't draw jack shit. On the weekly programming. But NXT's weekly programming is severely underrated to a lot of people. Severely underrated. A thousand times better than black and gold. Right, The more I watch sort of Shawn Michaels cook on Tuesday nights. The more I, I look back and I said, why did we care about the black and gold era? The Tuesday night show, or at that time, Wednesday night show, sucked ball sack. He put on great takeover events, and we sort of forgave him for the fact that there was zero story involved into why we even gave two fucks about these matches. And as someone who really, I need a reason to care about matches. I don't give a shit if you just put random people together in the ring and there's no story, there's no reason for me to give a shit. Right? So so Battleground was good. Here's what I want to talk about, though, with Tiffany Stratton's match. Lyra Valkyria is sloppy as all fuck. That match would have been a thousand times better if Cora Jade or Roxanne Perez... Um, where it was the person that went against um, Tiffany in the finals. Now, Tiffany beat Roxanne in the semi, so it would have been Cora uh, in the other match. So Cora J, first off, when they, when, when, when what's her name? When uh, Indy dropped the title and announced that she was vacating the title, and they announced this tournament, the first two in the ring were Tiffany Stratton and Cora Jade. This would have only made perfect sense, storyline-wise, 
and I'm I'm doing this. I'm breaking down why this 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 booking was just bad because I have a lot of people on the AEW fandom who say that I never break down and never critique WWE's booking. So guess what I'm doing? I'll critique some of their booking. Right, so you have Cora Jade and Tiffany Stratton in the ring arguing with each other who should be champion, and you don't have them fight each other in the finals? That would have made the most perfect fucking sense. And guess what? You would have gotten a better match. Because Lyra Valkyria, I'm not saying she's bad, but she's sloppy. And you could definitely tell there was a difference in pace and a difference in styles. And, and t- Tiffany's better than Lyra Valkyria who was trained on the indie scene by these indie darlings and was signed to NXT UK, and when that dissolved, she came over here. Now, I'm not saying she's bad. I think she's good, and, and, and I think she's adjusting to, to this, this newer style. But it, it, that, that was a, at parts, that was a clusterfuck of a match, and I think it would have been a thousand times better if you put Cora Jade in the match and you, you, you gave us, like, like Lyra, Lyra Valkyria sort of whole thing is, I, I'm in this match because I won my way and earned my shot. Okay, that's cool. But we, we could have had Cora versus Tiffany. And I think it would have meant a lot more than, than Lyra. I'll be completely honest. I, and I think it would have been a better match. Um, so... We have to talk about the third show this weekend. This it will not be a proper wrestling podcast if I do not at least touch on Double or Nothing. Now I'll be the first to admit I did not watch Double or Nothing. Therefore, following my normal rules, I shouldn't judge the booking results. However, there's some shit we got to talk about. I'm not going to talk about the whole show. I could give two fucks what happened at Double or Nothing. I'll be completely honest. However, there's some shit we got to talk about. So the first thing I want to talk about is the Twitter sort of, you know, on on Twitter, right? So that's where I got my live results going on. What's on Twitter? I was on the Double or Nothing hashtag. The A-W-D-O-N hashtag, I think is what the hashtag was. And, and, and seeing the Twitter sort of response to Double or Nothing justified me not going to watch Double or Nothing. Everyone was saying it was, it was quiet and the crowd sucked and the show sucked and, the, and it was half empty. There were pictures of hard cam side being completely fucking empty. And then you have people over here justifying, well, AEW does that all the time. Okay, if they do it all the time, that's still not an excuse because that's stupid fucking business. You're losing potential funds, right? And then everyone's like, oh, well, it's it's Vegas and it's a 5 o'clock start time out here. and It's a fucking Sunday. I'd, right, right. It would make sense if it was a Wednesday night and people worked and they weren't there at 5 a.m. to be on Dynamite. I that would make or excuse me, 5 p.m. to be on Dynamite. That makes fucking sense. But it's a fucking Sunday. It's a Sunday. No one fucking worked. It's Memorial Day Sunday. You can't use the excuse that people were at fucking work, cause it's fucking Sunday. 
So why was the fucking stadium empty? Why was the crowd so ass? And and you have you have a lot of people. Look, this is do it on TikTok, and I and I, and I don't want to name drop, but I have to name drop. His name's Phil. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's French. I think he's Canadian. Um, Alouette. I think it's it's how it's pronounced. But he tweeted. I gotta find this tweet. I should have pulled this up before I started recording this. Uh, Um, while I'm, while, while I'm finding it, I, I, I want to go word for word with it, but I don't want to sit, sit you here and, and have you guys sit here and diddle your thumbs around. Um, he, he essentially tweeted, um, that the, it's the fans need to, to do their job basically and cheer for the show and to be more interested in the show. And he was tweeting about... Um, this guy, there's a video going around of this guy who, he was watching Battleground while in the stadium in Vegas for Double or Nothing, and he basically was like, you need to be more involved, and, 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 and that's the wrong way to look at this. That's the wrong way to look at this situation. Because I've always lived um, by the, the... I've always lived by the philosophy that it is the company's job to give the fans something to react to. It is not the fan's job to react to everything. If it's boring or if the product is shit, guess what? The product shit, I'm not going to react to it. Right? I'm trying to find this tweet. It's really pissing me off that I can't find it. <laughs> um... um. Good lord. I can't find it. God. Oh, well. Who cares? Who cares what the fuck it said? But that, that, that was basically the, the, the extent of the tweet was that, um, you know, he was basically blaming this fan for being, basically saying he was a bad fan because he he wasn't paying attention to the show he, he spent his money to. Well, give him something to fucking react to. Give him something to react to, or else let him watch both shows. Because if yours is boring, let him do something that, that, that isn't going to bore him to death. And from everything that I saw on Twitter, Double or Nothing was pretty fucking bad. For 90% of the show. And then you get like two or three matches at the very end that are really good, and then all the AEW fans sort of say, you know, that was a great pay-per-view. But all the fans online, I forgot the website where you can go and vote on these different shows and you can give them a ranking and then it averages it out. Where Double or Nothing's average is like a 6.7 out of 10. And 
it's it, it's crazy that we have like these AEW apologists who don't even work for the company, who just sit here and fucking defend everything. They sit here and defend every single thing ever. Right? They sit here and just do everything possible to the to defend AEW from critique. And it's insane to me. Right? It's insane to me that you, right that you can't even let people defend or excuse me, you can't even let someone critique the the product. And and you're so wrapped up in and defending this, that you, you won't even let people critique it, even if the critiques are necessary. All right, so, yeah, I found that it's uh, Phil Oymet, I think is the name. I, I told you I was going to find it. Uh, his tweet reads, What a joke. You paid hard-earned money to watch AEW Double or Nothing Live, and you have the nerve to set up your phone and watch NXT. I hope it falls. I get that both shows were on on the same day, but enjoy the show you're attending. That's a fucking dumbass tweet. That's an IWC tweet right there. So this gets uh, retweeted by someone. And basically says, how is this your fucking business? What he watches. Go go clout chase somewhere else, basically. Um, and and it's insane to me that, that, that you have these people like this. Who, who want to gatekeep what you can and cannot watch. Right, okay, he wants to watch both shows. Sure, he paid his money to be at Double or Nothing. Give him a reason to fucking watch it live without needing to watch Battleground. Give him a reason. And again, even if he wanted to watch it, it's none of your fucking business. Wrestling fans are weird, man. These hardcore fans are weird. They think, right? Now, I, I, this is all business stuff right here, Right? I haven't even touched the booking. And I could sit here all day and touch booking. And I'm going to do it today. I'm going to break my own rule. I'm going to break my own rule. And I'm going to discuss the booking even though I didn't watch the show. Now, I don't even believe that that's a good rule. I just do it for the sake of I feel like it's fair. I don't watch it. I shouldn't talk about it because I don't understand the story. But... I still think I should have the right to talk about it. If I wanted to, I don't want to. That's the point. But I do want to when it comes to double or nothing. Because there were some decisions here. And some endings to, to matches that were just dumb as fuck. Now, you, you start the show with Orange Cassidy retaining, which we kind of figured was going to happen. I don't, I don't actually give a fuck about Orange Cassidy or this title Right, everyone's sitting here. He's defended twenty-three times, and he's in in his like twenty-eight week reign or whatever the fuck he's had. Cool. He's a mid-card champion. He's supposed to be defending. That's the point of being a mid-card champion, right? Don't compare him to Roman Reigns. Like that's stupid. Um. But then you follow that match up with Adam Cole. Wrestling Jericho. Now, I don't give a fuck what promotion this is. This could have been NXT. 
You don't do this shit because it was it, it was doomed to fucking fail. It was doomed to fail from the fucking beginning. Or then you follow that up with Jeff fucking Jared, who shouldn't be anywhere in any wrestling promotion whatsoever because all he is is a fucking carny. Dude doesn't care about the company. He just wants to get fucking paid. He should be putting people over, not taking spots on pay-per-views. But he's a fucking carny, just like Ric Flair is, right? These, some people just need to learn how to step the fuck away and put the younger people over. But, but they're carnies. They can't leave the business. They just, they just don't have the ability to leave. And, and, and people were telling, like, from the responses, like, the, it was dead at the beginning. And then we have Wardlow. Hey, look, I'm fine with Wardlow retaining, but here's a fucking idea, Tony Khan. If you're going to do a ladder match where the dude who's going to have to climb the ladder is too fucking top-heavy for the ladder to stand up, get a stronger fucking ladder. They make reinforced ones. Ask Paul White where to fucking get one because they had to get them for WWE for him all the fucking time. But there should never be a shot, even from a fan of a referee and Arn Anderson holding the fucking ladder so that Wardlow can go to the top and, and, and Jeff Hardy off the top of the ladder. First off, that's a dangerous fucking spot that didn't need to be done. But second, it just looks unprofessional when you got your referees holding the fucking ladder. But the, but the booking decision... Well, 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 I want to talk about one in particular, but we'll, we'll continue on with some other questionable things. Like uh, Darby Allen here in this four pillars match, which from what I saw was the best match of the night, potentially. One of the best. Right? And And I saw the ending of it. And I don't know, you know, I'm assuming these guys beat the living shit out of each other. And you have Darby Allen going to coffin drop on Jungle Boy. And, and MJF puts the title on top of Jungle Boy. So Darby Allen coffin drops on top of the, t- uh, the title. And that's how MJF gets the finish. Here's my question. Here's my question. Darby Allen can coffin drop 30 feet from the air inside of a trash can onto thumbtacks, blow the fuck up. I don't know if that's an actual spot that happened. I'm exaggerating. I understand that. But that, that, this, that that's the point. He can do all these dangerous fucking sh- but the dude coffin drops off the top rope onto a, a championship, and that ends him? You fucking kidding me? That's dumb. <laughs> it's stupid, man. It's stupid. But I think the stupidest decision of them all, and, and this is probably a, 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 a um, uh, it's controversial. I'm probably in the minority, which is fine. I'm typically here when I talk about AEW a- anyway. Jade should not have lost on Sunday. Jade Cargill should not have lost the title on Sunday. I don't understand what the whole and now if she, I mean from what I heard she's legitimately hurt or she's dealing with some 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 
some small injuries. First off, that's the business. Welcome to it. Um, But second, even if that was true and she was actually hurt, you could have had Statlander attack her after the match and then set up a match on Wednesday or Friday and then have her lose then. But to just have Statlander return and win the title, that's pretty fucking dumb. It's pretty fucking dumb to not set up a reason why Statlander's coming for the title. And to sort of do have her... It's just stupid. Jade got screwed over. Like, like I don't understand. Like, and everyone's like, oh, now she could go after the main title. Yeah, okay, sure. But she shouldn't have lost the way she lost. Statlander returns. You haven't seen her in like a year. And then all of a sudden she's champion now and the crowd goes goes crazy and, and, and the hardcore fans like the decision. But long term, what? how is this even feasible, feasible to be a good decision? I don't understand. Right, You could have set up a storyline even if it was just Statlander attacks her and then Jade comes out Wednesday, calls her out, and they set the match up for, for Friday. And then you have Statlander win then. And there's a reason for the match to take place other than we just need someone to, de- to, to, to return and we want a little surprise. Stupid. It's stupid. And, and so the last thing I want to do when talking about Double or Nothing is, is I'm tired of everyone trying to compare Double or Nothing to, to Battleground. Why are we comparing AEW's A show, their A program, their main guys to WWE's developmental? I'm not going to let AEW win that. I want them to be compared to the A show. Now, typically that's SmackDown, but I'm we're going to compare and be fair AEW to the main roster. So let's compare Night of Champions to double or nothing. Now, I'll be honest, outside of the bloodline stuff, I wasn't pretty excited for Night of Champions that we got. It was a pretty mid show. About the same feeling I think people have for double or nothing. But how did the Night of Champions end and what was the conversation when the show ended? Wow. What cinema that this bloodline story is. People were talking about the product in a positive way. What was the response on Twitter to Double or Nothing at the very end? Why did Tony Khan let a man in blackface with red painted lips record or, or play live on TV? Hey, Tony, why the fuck did you do that? Dumb business. That's why. Why didn't they have MJF main event why'd they screw Jade why is the crowd half empty why is the crowd so quiet it was a negative response and so Night of Champions and Double or Nothing may have been the same product the same quality of matches but the the, the, the response at the end online Varied. Night of Champions had a positive response. 
Double or nothing did not. And that's the difference. This is why WWE is still the top dog. And I'm not trying to be an apologist for WWE. I will call them out when their shit sucks. But I'm tired of people giving AEW a pass. They're not going to be compared to NXT to me anymore. I will compare them to Raw and SmackDown. I will put your A-show against WWE's A-show. And we're going to see who who wins. So let's go up against the three categories. Storylines. The bloodline beats anything you're fucking doing right now. I don't give a fuck. WWE's main roster wins. Attendance. That's a very important number in the business. Is your is your arena full? WWE's beating you fucking there. Reaction to your shows. Response to your, your shows. WWE has been a, a positive reaction for for Backlash and for Night of Champions. Res Double or Nothing gets, you know, eh. Five and a half out of ten, six and a half out of ten rating. I don't even remember the name of the re- of the website where you can go and rate these shows. Attendance is better in WWE. Ratings are better in WWE. All the metrics are better in WWE. And they'll come at me and say, "Well, WWE's had fifty plus years." I mean, shut the fuck up. We're talking about now. Fifty years ago doesn't matter, right? They, they weren't right. It doesn't matter how long of a product you've been around for. Because the ratings are calculated on Monday for Raw, on Tuesday for NXT, for, for, for Wednesday for Dynamite, Friday on SmackDown. Guess what? On Friday for SmackDown, there's still 2 million people watching. On Mondays for Raw, there's still 1.5 million people watching. And on Wednesdays for Dynamite, y'all are struggling to get 800 fucking thousand. On your A show, you're a million behind. You're not going to win this battle of, of uh, well, we're ahead of NXT. Well, that's fucking developmental. You better be in front of them. I'm not going to let their fans control the narrative. I'm not going to let Tony Khan try to c- control the narrative. We, when we went in the key demographic, no, no one gives a fuck about the demographic because you're using the 18 to 49 that no one fucking uses anymore. I'm going to quote a guy. His name is Dan Bongino. He's a conservative talk host. He worked for Fox News. He had a show on Saturday nights. He's in the business. He knows the demos that the advertisers care about. It's the 25 to 54. Guess who's not winning that demo? AEW. I mean, WWE does very poor in that demo as well. So it's nothing to be, to be excited about. But you're not winning the demo. On Wednesday nights, you're not winning the key advertising demo of the 25 through 54. I'm done talking about AEW. I'm done. I just, there's booking concerns. You spend a billion dollars on a fucking video game that looked like it came out of the year 2000. And I don't care what what the the hardcore marks are going to say about the game. Like, oh, gameplay mad. No, I care about graphics. It's not just about gameplay to me. Because we're in 2023. 
You spent billions of dollars on this game. You've pushed back the date like four times. You had time to deliver something that looked magnificent. And you gave us an arcade game from the 1990s. Oh, well, that's what Kenny and, and Tony wanted. I don't, you don't build a game for what you want, Tony. You build a game for what the consumers want. And every game, at least in the sports market, the most popular thing on, on Madden is Ultimate Team. On, on, on FIFA is, is uh, Ultimate Team. On hockey is Ultimate Team. It's the, it's, first off, that's where you make your money from, but that's the most popular thing. What's the most popular thing on WWE? My GM mode and universe mode. No one goes there just to play exhibition mode. You need a realistic looking game where people can, can, can do all these different game modes, story modes, but, but, oh, but we got blood and we got, we got drug and alcohol use. Stupid, man. It's stupid. It's stupid. I'm done talking about it, though. Let's let's move back into WWE. There's a lot of complaints going on about Raw and SmackDown's women's championships being on the wrong show. So Rhea's the SmackDown women's champion on Raw, and Asuka's the Raw women's champion on SmackDown, and there's a lot of sort of complaints like, why don't they just swap the belts? And personally to me... And so this is the question for everyone that I want to know in the, in the, in the, if you comment on this or if you, you know, DM me or whatever, join the conversation. This is going to be the question. Do y'all actually care that, it's, that, that the titles are sort of on the wrong show? If I don't think you can, I don't think it matters because ultimately, like, I don't care. I'm just happy that Rhea's champion. I don't care what champion she has. She's champion. I don't I don't put too much thought into things like this. I don't think it matters what what type of champion you are. I understand the whole idea of well they're branded champion and who who cares? The TBS championship never got defended on TBS. It always got defended on Rampage on TNT. And the TNT championship always got defended on TBS. No one complained about that. No one complained about it, but now we have people sitting here complaining. Wrong SmackDown Twins champions are on the wrong brand. Who, who fucking cares? Who cares? Honestly, who cares? I don't think it's that big of a deal, especially when I think that it's going to lead to a unification at SummerSlam. I think we have one women's champion, and they introduce a new belt, and we, we sort of do what we did with, with, with the men. Probably going into either Queen of the Ring... They're going to do a show sometime in uh, after SummerSlam called Queen of the Ring. They do another ev- ev- Evolution pay-per-view, all women's, where they crown a new women's champion for the other brand. Or we go back to Saudi with Crown Jewel, and, and we, we, we do what we did with the men, and we have a tournament, and then the women f- face off there. I think that's something that, like, like, I honestly think that's where we're headed with this. Um... Okay, so two more things here, and then we'll then we'll we'll, we'll we'll call it a night or a day, whenever you're listening to this. Um, this is my opinion. I don't know if I'm the only one who feels this way. This is solely my opinion. I am a thousand percent convinced now. Dominic Mysterio 
needs to win Money in the Bank. I was so against it because I'm not a big fan of Dominic, personally. I think there's a lot of nepotism. I think he's gotten a lot of places. You know, people blame Charlotte all the time. That, oh, she's only 12-time champion, whatever time champion, because of her of her name. And that, I don't think that's fully true. And, and I don't think it's fully true for Dominic either. Um, but and it, it, here's what I'll say. He's so much better in this heel character. Judgment Day really put Dominic in his place where where we where he fits and 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 he I think he could still be this little bitch boy heel right that 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 hides behind mommy and be money in the bank winner imagine him with the with the with the contract imagine him with this briefcase and he could just come out during these segments and just tease Seth Rollins. Or tease Gunther. Because now that we know that we can, you know, cash these in on mid-card champions as well. Right? He just go in around teasing the champions. Dominic needs to win it. You'll have nuclear heat. You'll have your next big heel. With one, the Judgment Day as a group, but... More importantly, with Dominic being this little excuse me, being this little chicken shit heel that he's playing, it would be perfect with him to carry that briefcase. I've always thought that Money in the Bank needed to be a heel gimmick. Let me get this mic situated, this damn thing. Fucking thing just decided to fall down in the middle of recording. Anyway, sorry for that. <laughs> um yeah, Dominic needs to win Money in the Bank. I'm fully convinced of it now. I used to be sort of apprehensive when it got mentioned in the Discord. I'm a thousand percent behind it now. It has to happen. I don't think there's anyone else. I know everyone wants LA Knight. I just don't think they're going to push him. I, I, I'm i over LA Knight at this point. I, and so many people like, oh, he's well, he's The Rock and Stone Cold. Okay, but he doesn't win. It, it, to me... At some point, I don't care how good the gimmick is. The booking tells you everything. He could be The Rock 2.0. He could be the love child of The Rock and Stone Cold. But if if they're not going to book him to mean shit, I don't want him to win money in the bank. I just don't. And I I, I kind of figured he they they weren't going to use him in an important role when they essentially jobbed him out to Bray Wyatt. Yeah, he does great promos. I don't think he's going to be a major champion in, in WWE. And personally, this is going to be a hot take. I don't think he, he, he I don't think he should. I personally do not think LA Knight needs to be champion. I just I, I, he's too old. There's there's a young revolution. First off, he's not Triple H's favorite. That's that's something we need to talk about. We need to talk about Papa H here. We'll talk about that here in a minute. I just don't think LA Knight's going to win Money in the Bank. I just don't. I I, I don't see a world where that happens. I th- I think it has to be Dominic. That's the only person that makes sense right now. It's the only person that makes sense is Dominic Mysterio 
or someone in the Judgment Day. Like it wouldn't, uh, it would not surprise me if Rhea Ripley won Money in the Bank for the men and cashed in on Seth Rollins and 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 had a match against Seth because there's rumors of Rhea potentially fighting the men. I'm not a big fan of it. I've already said that, but but that, that's what I'm. That's the rumors I'm seeing. But I really want Dom to win. And, and have the Judgment Day sort of help him cash in and become champion. Can you imagine Dominic Mysterio as, as world heavyweight champion? This little chicken shit small ass heel who, who hides behind Priest and, and Mommy. There's rumors that Finn's leaving, which I, I would actually be fine with, to be honest. Um, but... Yeah, I need Dom Dom to win. I'm I'm so behind the Judgment Day right now. I'm so behind them. I I I already loved Rhea coming into this. The other three I wasn't necessarily like a big fan of. I wasn't a fan of Priest individually. I wasn't a fan of Balor individually, and I wasn't a fan of Dominic. But all oh, together, I already loved Rhea, and I've I, I'm I'm behind Dominic now. A year, two years ago, wasn't behind Dominic. I'm behind Dominic right now. Make him money in the bank. Let's let's talk about Papa H real quick, and then we'll and then we'll end this with our last thing. So, uh, anyone else recognize that uh, we do we need any more evidence that Triple H is fully in control of WWE? Look at the champions outside of Theory, who I think loses his title pretty soon, to be honest. But outside of Theory and Roman Reigns. All of the champions are Triple H's favorites. Rhea became champion under Papa H. Asuka under Papa H. Shayna Baszler and and Ronda Rousey under Papa H as women's tag team. Um, Gunther, I think, is a a tweener type thing. I think Vince liked him, but I think it's more of a Triple H thing. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Seth Rollins, Shinsuke's getting pushed, AJ's getting pushed. Triple H is putting his guys on top. He's booking the way Tony Khan books, where he thinks about uh, who are my favorites rather than who's going to be you know, a good show. Now, I'm not upset with a lot of those champions. I'm not. I'm upset with Asuka because I would have preferred, you know, in my thinking with them unifying it, I would have rather Bianca versus Rhea than Asuka versus Rhea. I'll be completely honest. Um, but let's end this thing. Um, while planning for this, I had this thought. And so I'm going to go over it. Um, we know Liv Morgan's hurt. Um, like real, not kayfabe, real hurt from what my understanding is. What if when she returns, instead of coming back and joining the tag division again, what if she returns as part of the Bray Wyatt story and she returns alongside of Bo Dallas, her her real life boyfriend. I think that would be a great move. Honestly, she does that sort of horror, philosophical thriller. Not philosophical. This ain't fucking. <laughs> this ain't Socrates. I meant psychological. It's it's been a long day. I'm recording this at night, and it's been a long day. <laughs> she does a very good psychological thriller character and and shit <laughs> and uh I would thoroughly enjoy her as part of that gimmick 
I really would. Um, so I don't know. That's another question for you. Would y'all? What, what, what do you think about like Bray, Bo, and Liv sort of teaming together? Um, as, and sort of like a faction, and you can include some other guys as well. Um, but I think that would be a cool idea. I don't know. What about you? What do you guys think? There's that. That's the Slap of Me Wrestling Podcast. It's a pretty long episode, but there's a lot to talk about. Um, thank you all for listening. Go follow me on Twitter and TikTok, We2Deep413. We2Deep413. W-E-T-O-O-D-E-E-P-413. Thank you all for listening to the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Until the next episode, I will see you all later.